I'm going to just tell you this. You just don't know how much I hate wearing this one right here. I hate I, anything on my big old ears just doesn't work well. It doesn't want to, it just doesn't fit well. It doesn't, they'll move. So it's very distracting. So if I get crazy up here, um, you'll understand what it is. Um, I want to, I want to mention that Rand and Debbie, what's the last name again? Briggett. Rand and Debbie Briggett are visiting. So many of you would know them from years past when they attended here. Uh, that was pre-me. Um, so, uh, Pre-me, so glad to meet them this morning. And uh, I also want to do this as we get started. If you served in VBS this past week, I want you to stand up. I think we may have had some that, uh, that, that, that are still trying to recover because I know we have more than that. We had 70-something people signed up to serve. And, man, it was, let me just say this about, I'm going to get into it in a minute, but it was a phenomenal week. You can be seated. Thank you very, very much. I thank you for your service. Uh, I, I've told several people this. I've been involved with VBS for 30-plus years, We've done VBS. This might have been the smoothest uh, it, it ran well. Everybody's attitudes were great. I didn't see any dust-ups. I didn't hear of any of that. You always got some little bumps in the road here and there. But, man, it was great. And the material's great. The Answers in Genesis material is just incredible. Uh, the kids were, were presented the gospel multiple times in multiple ways in multiple places. So it, it was just, it was, I think it was a, a great success and I thank you all for serving. But Kristen, I want you to stand up. Yes. I want you to stand up because I, I just want to tell her, I've told her this privately in the office, but I want to tell her this in front of everybody. She did an amazing, an amazing job. It, it was just so well. It, very, very, and, and I know she, listen, she worked hard, a lot of hours spent preparing that, and it showed, and it showed. So thank you all for, for just the great attitude. Two of the greatest abilities you can have are availability and flexibility, and I saw you folks uh, exhibit that this week, so I commend you, and uh, I, I believe the Lord was honored, and I believe he was was pleased with what we did this week. And uh, so I, I thank you for your service. Amen. All right. Um, so that was kind of intro to the intro here. So as we, as we get started, if you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew 18. We'll be in Matthew 19. We may actually flip over to Mark chapter 10 if you want to keep up with that. You can start with Matthew 19. We'll be where we begin. Uh, but, but just uh, as, we, as we begin to, 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 to intro this. So we wrapped up Vacation Bible School Thursday night. And as I said, it was a resounding success. It was hard. The nights of sleep were short. Amen, Tony? You leave here, you leave here late. You get home, get cleaned up, get to bed, and then the alarm clock goes off early. The days were long. The week was longer. But every second, every sacrifice, every drop of sweat and moment of stress was worth it to sow the Word of God into the hearts of almost 80 children. Amen? It's a great week. All this week, our church was filled with the sound of laughing, uh, of children laughing, crying, yelling, eating. Yes, you can hear children eating. You can. <laughs> Praying and singing, and, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful thing to, to listen to. 
It was also filled with Christian servants fellowshipping together around a single goal, that of bringing children to Jesus Christ. Amen? And I just say glory to that. We, glory to God in what was done. VBS, VBS is always an exciting time. It takes a lot of planning. Amen, Kristen? A lot of planning and preparation and hard work. It takes a lot of money and praying and sacrifice. And uh, let me ask you, was it, was it worth it? It was absolutely, that's the word, isn't it? Absolutely, I agree with you, Gail. I believe absolutely it was worth everything that went into it with what, what we saw God do this week. Now, as we celebrate and reflect on this past week of VBS, I thought it would be, uh, it would be good for us to think about what Jesus thinks about children. So it's kind of a debrief from VBS and then, and then moving forward. So maybe there's much that we can, we can take away this morning. So let's take a look at two examples of Jesus dealing with children. Uh, Matthew 18, 1 through 6. We'll, we'll be there later, but we're going to start with Matthew uh, 19, verses 13 through 15. You can, you can turn there. I love hearing those pages turn. I've told you all that. Love it. I love hearing pages rustle. The Bible pages, they make a different sound. They make a different sound. It's a great sound. So let's look at verses 13 through 15. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from them. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you'll bless uh, in these next few minutes as we look into your word. God, would you teach us from your word this morning? Lord, there's nothing that Conrad has to say that's of any value. But Lord, what you have to say uh, is of great value. It is of ultimate value. What your word has to say is the pinnacle in truth and value. So Lord, as we look to your word this morning, I pray that I would just simply be a servant that you have prepared, that you'll use this morning. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross. We, we say that, that sounds strange, but God, I don't want people to see me. I don't want people to hear me. I want them to hear you. I want them to hear from you. I want them to hear your heart. I want them to hear from your word. And so Father, guide my thoughts and my speech. And I just pray that I'd be an instrument in your hands this morning to convey truth, that, that Lord, as we receive information, and may it be transformational uh, with the information we receive. God, do a work in us this morning. Whatever it is you desire to do, may we humbly come right now listening to you, seeking your will for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number one. Number one, we're going to look at this. Children were brought to Jesus. Verse 13 again says, then, then little children were brought to him. Some of the versions there even talk about like infants, but it wasn't just infants. There were, there were children that were brought to him. They were brought to Jesus. And notice it doesn't specifically say that they were brought by their parents. Though in that culture, it, was, it would have been maybe much more likely that parents were bringing them, but there would have been grandparents, aunts and uncles. There would have been family. I mean, we, we, we see there was a different dynamic then. Think about the time where Jesus disappeared. He was gone two days before, the, before his parents even realized he was gone. He was hanging out with other family. He was hanging out with you know, the neighborhood kids as they're in this caravan. And so it was a little different dynamic maybe. And, uh, but the kids were, kids were brought. They were brought. And uh, it may have been the case for some of the children that were brought by parents. It may have been for some of the others that was brought by others. Sadly, not every parent is interested in the spiritual well-being of their children. Amen? We understand that. All we got to do is look around. You talk to people. Look, if they're not bringing their children to church, it says church isn't important to them. And, and the, the child's spiritual condition isn't important to them. As Christians, we are to be sensitive to the spiritual need of all children, not just our own children. Look, as a church, we've got to be on the lookout for that. 
Um, I'm going to say this now because it's, it's in my mind. I, I think I wrote it down earlier. But, you, you know, I heard a, a, when I first got here, and this wasn't indicative of the church, but I heard a couple of people make a comment that was derogatory about, it, it was almost like a complaint that, that parents would bring their kids and drop them off for VBS, but they didn't come to church. Not VBS, but, but Awana, I think, at the time. Now, listen, my heart is, if all of Geneva wants to bring their kids and drop them off for ministries here, praise God. Amen? I mean, look, I want the parents, but if, but if they're not going to come and they're willing to bring their kids so we can teach them the Word of God and, and, and exemplify the love of God in their life, we want to do that. Amen? That ought, to be, that ought to be our heart. So some parents, listen, some parents, they don't know Jesus and they aren't raising their children in a Christian home. We want those kids in here. Some, some parents don't care about the spiritual condition of their children. They'll drop them off again for VBS, for Wednesday nights, uh, so that we can babysit them. That's their mentality. We're not going to babysit them. We're going to love on them. We're going to teach them the Word of God. We're going to pray over them, pray with them. We're going to teach them about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, so that, so, so, and if that gives the parents a free night and that's what they desire, praise God, I'll take the kids. Bring them in. We'll love on them. Uh, bring it on. Amen. Uh, some parents don't understand the importance of teaching their children about Jesus. They want them to wait until they're old enough to decide for themselves about spiritual things or to decide to go to church. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything because I might be harsh right there. Uh, no, I'm going to say it. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. But, but people don't understand that. Uh, you know, I'll let my kids... You know, but, but you know what's interesting? They don't wait till their kids are old enough to decide for themselves if they should go to bed or they should go to school or they should go to the dentist or on and on and on. But, oh, we don't want to push anything on them. Listen, let me say this for, for, for church folks. If you are a born-again Christian and you don't want to push Jesus on your kids, I question whether you know Jesus is your Savior or not. How can you say you've been changed by the love of God, by Jesus Christ, and been born again, and yet that's not the most important thing to you for your kids? Now, I'm not try talking about you got to get them just to speak some words so you can feel good about yourself. I'm talking about bringing your kids up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so that when they come to an age where they understand they're sinners and they need to be born again, they'll know the truth and be ready to respond to that truth and, and, and trust Christ as their Savior. Amen? That should be our heart. There was a preacher who wanted to show off his garden to a man who didn't let his children attend church. He wanted this man, he wanted them to wait until they were old enough to decide for themselves. So when the man came over and they walked into the garden, it was full of weeds, and, and which were choking out all of his squash and his beans and his okra. And the man said, this is a pitiful excuse for a garden. To which the preacher replied, I just wanted to wait until the vegetables had a chance to decide for themselves what they want to do. I think it makes a good point. There's a lot of things in life we don't wait on. We want to teach. And if it's that important, we need to teach it. And so here we see that children were brought to Jesus. That's what Jesus wants you to do. Bring children to him. That's what Jesus wants me to do. Bring children to him. He wants us to bring them to him. And if we don't bring them, they might never get to him. Do you understand that? Parents... Bring your kids to church. Grandparents, if the parents ain't going to bring them, you bring your grandkids to church. I just had a strange thought. I have these thoughts. You understand that. Um, there was a lady in, in Indiana 
that used to, she was about, uh, Miss Schenbeckler, she was about 100 when we were there. She was 98, 99 when we were there. She lived to be 104. Anytime I said kids, she got all over me. She said, these are children. Kids are baby goats. <laughs> these are children. She didn't like when I called them kids, but I grew up calling, we were kids. So, sorry, if, if, if that, bring your baby goats to church, Okay. <laughs> Aunts and uncles, bring your nieces and nephews to church. Kids, uh, uh, friends out there, these children, bring your friends to church. Man, this ought to be, this ought to be, it's so exciting. We get to go to church. You ought to be inviting your friends to come with you to church. Parents, bring your kids' friends to church. If the kid invites a friend and that friend's willing to come, bring them. Bring them. Take them out to Culver's afterwards. Get them an ice cream. Make it, make it a great day. They want to do it again. Um, Bring children to church. Bring them to Jesus. Now, I understand that church isn't Jesus. But except, listen, except for a solid, faithful Christian home, there is nowhere else in our culture where they're going to learn about Jesus. So get them to a solid, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Amen? Okay. So children were brought to Jesus. Number two, Jesus wanted... To bless them. That was his desire. He wanted to bless them. Still in verse 13, then the little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. It was a common thing in Bible times for people to bring children to a prophet or a priest for them to bless their children, kind of like a, a, a baby dedication or a child dedication service. Um, as, a prophet, as a prophet of God, that's how they saw Jesus. He was a prophet of God. They didn't understand fully who he was, but they wanted Jesus to pray for their children, to tell them how much God loved them and, and give them a special blessing from God. They knew that Jesus was anointed by God and wanted their children to share in God's anointing. Jesus has a special blessing. He wants to share with the children in our church. He wants to bless the children that are here. That's his heart's desire. For some, as, as children come, it may be that they hear for the very first time that Jesus Christ loves them. They may have never heard that before. Folks, at some point, there is a first time to hear that message. And maybe when your kids come, that's, they hear it. They may have heard it 10 times and yet not heard it. You with me? They've heard it, but they didn't hear it. Then it clicks. Oh, God loves me. Jesus loves me. For others, it might be to let them experience a loving Christian environment. Um, around, around those who love Jesus and love them. I can remember as a, as a kid, before, you know, way before I got saved, but I remember going to VBS in Isla, Georgia, Isla Baptist Church. I remember making, a, taking, taking, uh, making dough, taking uh, uh, whatever you would take, flour. That's it. <laughs> flour and, and some water, and we made this dough, and we made a flower pot, and we made the petals, and we used little pipe cleaners to do but I remember that. To this day, I remember that. But I remember those people caring about us. I'd never been to that church before, but I remember those people were nice. They loved us, and they told us about Jesus. Might, might have been the first time I heard of Jesus was at VBS all those years ago in Isla, Georgia. But it was a Christian environment. It was different from, from my home. For others, it might be to plant the seed of the gospel that later will result in their salvation. For still others, it might be to touch their heart to trust Jesus as their personal Savior. You never know. You know, people, people go, well, you know, we were at church last week or the week before. You know, if we miss a church Sunday here or there, it's not a big... Listen, I don't ever want to miss Sunday. 
I don't want to miss a single Sunday. Amen? People go, you going to take some time off? Yeah, I am at some point. But you know what? If I'm not here, I'm going to be somewhere else. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be in church. I don't want to miss what God wants to do. Amen? Amen? I, I, want to, I want to be here. I want to be a part of that. I don't know how he'll bless these children, but I do know that Jesus wants to bless children. And our job, folks, is to get them here. Our job is to get them here. Number three, there were hindrances to the children coming. Still in verse 13, look. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. The, the disciples rebuked the people who were bringing children to, to Jesus. Now, the disciples rebuked those who brought those children, and it was Jesus' followers, his disciples, that were the hindrance. And I go, oh, my, oh, my. How many of you have experienced that in church? Just a few? Pastor Aaron, I have. I've seen it where people go, oh, we can't have all these kids in here because they put their grubby, dirty little hands on the walls and, and they get the floors dirty and they mark on the tables and then, they, you know, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. How about you get right with God? Yeah, kids put their grubby hands on the wall. They might put them on your face. Ugh. Rita. <laughs> Miss Rita. She's trouble. She's trouble. I love you, Miss Rita. She's so funny. I'm going to tell them what you did. So I mentioned, I don't know if it was in a service or what. I just mentioned I don't like, I, don't, I never like my kids putting their hands on my face. I don't let my dog get in my face and lick me in the face. I don't, I, I just, I'm just weird, okay? I just... I'm not, Gina doesn't even do that. So like the next week, Miss Rita came up and got me in. And she said, I've been waiting all week to do this. And she comes and puts her hand on my face. <laughs> I, I knew, I knew then. But I love you. I, she was honest, though. She said, I won't do it again, but I had to do it that time. I said, well, that, was, that was good. Um, I don't know where I got to that. Yeah, they're going to put their grubby hands on stuff. But I got grubby hands, too. I see adults that make a big a mess in church and don't bother to clean up stuff as any kid does. I've seen it from the adults at, you know, the table after the Wednesday nights and there wasn't any kids at that table and it looks like that's all that was at the table and there was no cleanup, you know? So we adults, we can be just as dirty. We drop stuff on the floor and just leave it there. Um, is that really a good reason not to want kids in church? Man, it's a heart problem. And, I, and I've, been, I've been at churches that that was kind of the attitude. I've seen it. They mess up the walls. They mess up the carpet. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Well, it can't get it as dirty as your heart is right now. <laughs> they thought that Jesus was, was, was too important to mess with children. That's what the disciples thought. They thought that they were, they were a bother, a nuisance, an inconvenience, or trouble. The disciples tried to keep the children away from Jesus. Uh, of all people, the disciples trying to keep children away from Jesus. Sometimes without realizing that we, his disciples today, we're the hindrance to children coming to him. There's a couple I'm going to mention ways we hinder. We hinder by neglect. We can hinder by neglect. Children often get overlooked in ministry. And uh, so we have a tendency to view children differently sometimes. Not, not, not everybody, but some people, some places, some ministries do. Some people may not take very seriously preparing themselves to teach their lessons 
when it's a lesson being taught to children. Like, like they would if maybe they were teaching adults. Well, I would prepare more if it was adults. But that, that's not here. That's not here. We, we take it very seriously when we teach children. We're, we're going to put the effort in, and we, and we see that. I see that with our teachers. There are places that don't. They don't put the effort in because it's children. So they, they, get, they get neglect in that way. Uh, some people might treat Sunday school and Wednesday nights and Wednesday night youth and even nursery and preschool like a time to entertain children, to keep them from interfering with adult ministries and adult worship. But that's not here. That's not our heart. We minister to children. It, it, it's not, when we, when we don't have children, and, and you know, I've gotten some flack about the fact that we have elementary age kids in the service in here and we don't offer a children's church or something we did in the past and I, I, I love children's church but our heart our elders we talked about this our heart we want our children in this service if they can sit in the classroom at school they can sit in here and if they have behavior problems that's on you as a parent to, to get that under control okay but they can do it I, we don't have any issues with our children in here. Zero. Bubba back there, man, I just, he's, in, Bubba, do you listen to what I have to say? Yeah. He said, yeah. He's, he's like, he does. I know he does because Bubba's my buddy. He, he, he listens. We, we minister to children. Some people might ignore the children in our church because they can't contribute to the church. That's some people's attitudes where they're not giving. They're, they're a liability. They're not an asset. They're an expense and, and, and not a source of revenue. But, folks, we don't view kids that way here. We include children, um, and, and we're going to continue to include children. We're going to minister to children. We're going to love on children. We're going to prepare to minister to them, and we're going to teach the Word of God to children. We're not here to entertain them, though we do entertain. It's, a great, it's great to entertain in the way that we teach them, Right? We don't want to be dry and dull and boring. We want to be entertaining when we teach, but we want to teach truth and we want to love on these kids. So, folks, let's not hinder children by neglecting them because Jesus didn't. The other way we hinder is by our example. The disciples surely weren't very good examples there, were they? I mean, they were terrible examples. Kids are coming and what they do, no, 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 no. You can't get, you can't, you ain't got time for you. It could be anything further from the truth than that right there. But, but that's what they were doing. They thought, well, we're, we're, we're running interference for Jesus. We're protecting him from these children that would just be a nuisance and steal his time. And uh, their, example, their example was teaching the little children that they weren't important to Jesus. And that's not the truth. That's not the truth. What kind of lessons are we teaching our children? What kind of examples are we? Listen, when, when we don't bring our children to Sunday worship or to Sunday school, or to Wednesday nights, or to VBS, or to Monday Bible Club, when there's an opportunity to have our kids in church, we ought to have our kids in church. Amen. That's an example we as parents set for our children. What kind of example are we when we only come to Sunday morning worship service you know, occasionally, if nothing else comes up, or if there's no other obligation, or if there's nothing fun to do today, or there's no sports today? If that's the only time we come to church... What are we teaching our kids? We're teaching them that church isn't the most important thing. You may not think that's what you're teaching your kids. But when you do these other things and it takes you away from church, you've now said that's more important than church. Church is important when that's not going on. But when that's going on, 
That's more important than church. Folks, you may not say it. You may not even feel like that's really your heart on that. But that is exactly what we're teaching kids. That, 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 that there's other things that are more important than church. Church isn't the end all, right? It's not. Understand that. But this is where we come to worship. This is where we come to gather together to worship. This is where we acknowledge. It's, again, a few weeks ago, and if you didn't hear the message a few weeks ago, go back and listen to it about the Lord's Day. Why is this day so important? This is the Lord's Day. It's not a day a bunch of Christians said, well, let's make Sunday the day we gather together. No, the Lord made it very clear from from the resurrection, through Pentecost, through the way the early church worshiped, even when you see John says, I was, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He was worshiping the Lord's day. This Sunday when we gather, it is His day. It's not my day. It ain't the weekend. It ain't a day to... Ch- if you want to leave here and go the river, by all means, go enjoy the day. But you need to give to the Lord that part of His day. Amen? Amen. Oh, me, preacher. What kind of examples are we when, we, when, when, when the only thing they hear about church is negativity and complaints or criticism? What kind of examples are we when, when they don't see that Jesus is the most important person in your life? Folks, if you're a believer, they ought to see that. They ought to see that the Lord is more important to you. The Lord should be more important to me than, G, than Gina is. And they've already, I already told my kids growing up, you better, you better not disrespect her because you're going to go leave the house one day. She and I are together forever until one of us is gone. Amen? They knew that. They knew the love I have for her. But they also know the love I have for the Lord. And I hope they would acknowledge and know, I hope they would say, I think Daddy loves the Lord more than he loves Mama. I think Mama loves the Lord more than she loves Daddy. That, that should be the case. Jesus should be the most important person in your life. The world is full of hindrances for our children. Drugs, sex, violence, TV, movies, vile music, politics, peer pressure. Yeah, politics. Politics. Folks, be careful. Be careful how you talk about politics. Be careful how you you address that. Be be careful that you don't create an idol in, in the United States of America. That makes your kids think that it's more important than God. Just be careful because that's, a, that's an idol in a lot of places, in a lot of Christian circles. The politics has become, it's more important than Jesus. Peer pressure, computers, gaming, cell phones, social media, sports, recreation, on and on and on. There's, there's tons of hindrances out there already to hinder our kids from coming to a faith relationship with Jesus. Let's not, let's not contribute to that. If we don't make church a top priority in our lives, it won't be in their lives. Amen? Amen? Let's be a positive spiritual influence on our children, not a hindrance to them. So the disciples didn't want the children to come to Jesus. So number four, Jesus teaches the disciples humility and grace. The disciples must have thought they were so special, certainly more important than a, than a group of children were. They thought Jesus was more interested in them 
After all, they were the ones who did all the important things. You know, they tied, they taught, they sang in the worship team, they played instruments, they mowed the grass, they kept the nursery. They did all the important stuff. I mean, the kids weren't doing any of those things. So obviously the Lord wasn't as interested in them as he was in, 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 the Lord wasn't as interested in the kids as he was in the disciples. And they actually thought that Jesus was more interested in teaching them than he was in teaching the kids. Verse eight, uh, chapter 18, flip back to chapter 18, verse 1. Look at verse 1. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, and this isn't the only time we see this with them, that they, they, were, they spent a lot of time talking about who was the best, who was the greatest, who's going to sit here, who's going to do that. And so they come to Jesus. At least they were open, openly asking him this, and they say, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And, and you know what they're doing, right? You know what they're, I just, you know, I read it in color, so here's what I see. I see, uh, as they're saying that, they're, they're going, it, 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 it's me, right, Lord? Me. It, 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 I, you know, I'm your favorite. It's me. I, ain't I your favorite, Lord? I, ain't I the one that's most Who's the greatest? It, it's right, right? It's, tell them, Lord. Tell them. They don't understand. I've been telling them, but they don't hear me when I tell them. You tell them, Lord, how great I am and how important I am. I'm the greatest in the kingdom, right? That tends to be that, that, that accentuating that a little bit, but that's kind of what's going on in their, in their hearts. So Jesus has a great lesson to teach them, and it's a lesson of grace. Jesus loves you, and, he, and, and this is for us too. Jesus loves you. Uh, his love for you isn't based on what you do. Do you understand that? See, too many people think that, the, that God's love is based on what we do. Well, if I do more, he loves me more. You know, I don't do for him to love me more. I do out of what he's done for me. What he has already done for me. I'm not doing trying to win favor. I'm not doing trying to be saved because I'm saved by his grace. I'm saved by that. I'm doing because I'm grateful. You know, and when you're really grateful, you want to do more and more and more for the Lord. It's like, man, I can't do enough for him. I want to do more. But we're not doing it, you know, to try to win his love. It's not based, his love for us isn't based on our performance. It's not based on activity. It's based upon his grace, his love for us. The disciples were trying to outdo each other to earn favor with Jesus so, so he would promote them to a high position when he set up his kingdom on this earth. They were trying to earn points with God. After all, look at what he, we do for him. You know, God, God owes us, and that's kind of the mentality sometimes I see with Christians. Look at me, God. See, see how great I am? See how much I'm doing? Um, folks, I, I get to pastor. It's, it's, a, it's a great honor and privilege to pastor. But I'm going to tell you, I'm no, I'm no more, I'm not, I'm not more blessed. God hasn't looked at me and went, oh boy, that Conrad, he's just so wonderful. You know what, I'm going I'm to put him in there as a pastor. No, that, that's not the case. If it was all about me, I'd have never been pastoring. You understand that? I, there's nothing special about me other than the call God had on my life, the plan he has for me. But, but the plan he has for me isn't any better than the plan he has for you. It's you being faithful. It's me being faithful. If he calls you to pastor, he calls you to be a missionary, you go do it. Be faithful to what he calls you to. If he calls you to teach Sunday school for the next 25 years, then teach it. Do it. Because it's just as, it's just as sanctified. It's just as God-honored. It, 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 it's what he wants from us. That's what we should do. So we're not earning our, his favor by doing these things. Sometimes we don't think or we do think that we deserve God's blessing uh, we think that because of what we do, we deserve his blessing. And, and I got some news for us. We don't. We don't deserve his blessing. We, we, don't, we don't deserve anything. If we deserve anything, it's, it's the negative. It's the, 
What we deserve is hell. That's what we deserve. But because of God's grace, he saved us if we've been born again. And he spared us from that. Jesus then does something very, hum, uh, very humbling for, for the disciples' sake. Verse 18, uh, chapter 18, verse 2. Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them. So they're asking him these questions. He calls his child over and he sets him right in the middle of them there. And, and what did that child, what had he done to deserve the love of Jesus, to deserve his attention? Had he sacrificed to put money in the offering plate? No. Had he taught a Sunday school class? No. Had he practiced to sing a special in church? No. Jesus shows them a living picture of grace, unmerited favor. Jesus shows them love for a little child who hadn't done anything to earn it. Jesus shows them what his grace is all about. And look what he says then in verse 3. And, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus put them in their place, and their place was beneath the children. He said, let the children come. They're important. Jesus tells him, you don't deserve, uh, if you don't receive them, then you don't receive me. If you reject these children, you're, you're, you're just as well rejecting me. Look at verse 5. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. You receive them, you receive me. Then Jesus talks about the hindrances that we're mentioning. Verse 6, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Now that doesn't sound like the Lord's mad and just making some offhanded remark. That sounds like a promise from God that, man, if you hinder these children, you hurt these children, you keep them from coming to him, you, you, you cause them to sin. It would be better to, to have a millstone around your neck and it thrown into the sea. That sounds like a wonderful thing, doesn't it? I think God's very serious about this in the way that we interact, act, and, and, and minister to children. Amen? He takes it very serious. Now, with all that, you would think that the disciples would have learned their lesson, but they haven't. Go back to Matthew again, Matthew 19, verse 13. Then the little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. Now, now the conversation he just had in chapter 18, that's before he gets here to chapter 19, and they're still sending people away. So they rebuked them, but look what happens. Jesus rebuked the disciples. Now, if you want to flip over to Mark chapter 10, we're going to look at verse 14 and look at how he says this, because it says it a little different than, than Matthew. Verse 14 in Mark 10 but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Now, that, that, that phrase there was greatly displeased. In the Greek, it, it's this. It's moved with indignation. Now, some of you would be like, all right, what's indignation? Because I had to look it up. Indignation. Exactly what does indignation mean? I know it. I know it's not good. If he's moved with indignation, it, it, it doesn't even sound good, okay? It doesn't sound good, but here's what that means. It was anger or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. The way that they, those disciples acted, the Lord was moved with indignation. He had great anger with them. He was upset with them. He was livid, enraged, furious, just like when he drove the money changers out of the temple. He was not going to stand for this. And the, and the disciples had rebuked those who brought the children, so Jesus rebuked them. 
And Jesus is telling them that the way you treat a child is the way you are treating me. Children are what the kingdom of God is all about. What we did this week at VBS was about the kingdom of God. Amen? It was about the kingdom of God. It's not just about songs. It's not just about fun. It's not just about our time. It's about the kingdom of God. And when we invest in our children, we're investing in the kingdom of God. You understand that? When we invest in children, we are investing in the kingdom of God. And what we invest in our children, we are investing in the kingdom of God. What we invest in them. If it's money that we're investing in the kingdom, we pray that that's going to go to help. If we sow the word of God into them, we are everything that we put into it, we're investing into the kingdom of God. Now, under, listen to this. 80, 83% of those who are born again make that decision before the age of, any guesses? 18. Whoever said that, you are correct. 83% of those who will be born again make that decision by the age of 18. That means only 17% are saved after age 18. So, people, let me ask you a question. You people of God, y'all are smart. Tell me, when is the best time to reach people with the gospel? All right, clearer. I heard, I heard a lot of answers. Y'all didn't say those very confidently. Well, I'm not looking for one age. I'm looking for, is it before 18 or after 18? Before 18, exactly. Five may be a great age. There's a lot of ages. Those young ages are great times. The heart is receptive. Children, that's what the Lord is teaching us here. They're receptive. They, they come and they trust. You know, you talk about, go back to that verse, um, uh, about children, um, unless you're converted and become as little children, uh, do children ever lie? Y- yeah. Are they, are they always obedient? No. So it's not like, oh, those little angels, oh, that's exactly how we should be. No, we are like that. We are like children that. But you know what children do? They trust. They trust the Lord. That's how we've got to learn to come to, come to the Lord. But here's the thing. 80 per, 83% of those who will make a decision to trust Christ as their Savior will do that by the time of 18. It just means it gets harder the older they get. Now, I've heard stories. Uh, Glenn Rogers was telling us Thursday morning. He said, I'm going to visit. Someone has asked me to go and visit this man. He's, he's on his deathbed. He's in his 80s, I think. He's on his deathbed, but he wants to talk to the preacher. So Glenn goes to see him. He sends his report later on, and that man made a profession of faith that afternoon. He said, in tears, the man prayed to receive Christ. And we pray it was a true conversion. And we pray, God knows that. But that's rare. That's rare. You want to reach them? You reach them young. You reach them young. So we want to get them before they turn 18. Amen? Amen. Okay. This is going somewhere. Now, now you see that children were a priority with Jesus. Now you see why children ought to be our priority. Children are an investment. They are an eternal, an eternal investment. Where will this church be in 20 years from now if we don't invest in our children today? You know, 20 years from now, that seems like you go, that's a long time. That's not a long time. Raymond, do you remember 20 years ago? It seemed like just a few years ago, doesn't it? 20, 20 we blinked, and Jesse's 19 and a half. He's all, that's 20 years. Boom, we blinked. We can go back 40 years. It's, it really doesn't seem like that much. Well, let's just go 20 years from now. 20 years from now, the people sitting here, whoever's preaching 20 years from now, I don't even know they'll know who Conrad was. 
But there are going to be folks that are sitting in here right now that will be leaders in this church. And I can guarantee you 20 years from now, it's probably not going to be me and Raymond and John as elders. I don't know. Y'all are like, he's already, he's already got some problems up here. I don't know if, I don't know if at, at 20 years from now if he'll still be. Um, he thinks he's still something, but we just entertain him. Just throw some beans at him or something. He sits over his mouth open. Just throw something at him. The, the children are an investment. They're an investment in our future. And uh, I see young men in our church that they're going to be leading in our church in just a few years. And, 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 and a few more years down the road, they're going to be key leaders in the church. And, and the kids are, are going to step up into, into leading roles. 20 years, the children who are being born today are, are, going to be, are going to be stepping into ministries. Some of these children are going to be, some of them are going to be deacons in 20 years. It's important. Invest in these children. Most of the things I spend my time and money on here on earth don't mean or won't mean diddly squat in heaven. Y'all know what that means, right, in diddly squat? I looked it up. I, I thought, I've heard that. I've heard that. I used that phrase. I typed it. I typed it in. I went, all right, what does that mean? That better not be profane. So I looked it up. It just means nothing. It, won't, it was nothing. It's, diddly squat is zero. The things that, that so much of what I invest in, homes, cars, clothes, none of those things matter in eternity. I got a home in glory. I don't need a car. I'm going to travel at the speed of thought in heaven. You know, I don't need clothes. I'm going to be clothed in his righteousness. We spend our money and we worry about these things here on earth. But what we invest in our children in VBS last week and in our ministries every week, they'll count for eternity. Y'all didn't catch those signs, did you? Okay. Children are our, are our heritage. They are an eternal investment, and we must, uh, we must see the importance of that. Amen? Amen? Have to see the importance of that. Number six, and we're going to be wrapping up here. Uh, Jesus blessed them. Mark 10, 16. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Jesus loves children. Jesus blessed them with himself. And we need to bless them every week by giving them Jesus. Okay? That's what this is about. Uh, it, it's a little frustrating for me at times when, I've, I, I, when, when in ministries we're doing stuff for their kids and, and it turns into just entertainment. I, I'm all for entertaining. But it, you always speak truth. You always speak the Word of God. These kids are like sponges. Angela, Amen. Those little ones, those preschoolers, they're like sponges. They, 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 you know what? They may be, you may be like, they ain't heard a word I said because they're doing 15 things at once. They hear it. Their little minds are absorbing it. Um, only Jesus can bless them with eternal life. It's when you get them to Jesus. Only Jesus can bless them with hope for the future. Only Jesus can bless them with a faith that will sustain them in times of trouble. Only Jesus can bless them with a peace that will calm them when they hit rough waters. Only Jesus can bless them with a love that will embrace them for all of eternity. Only Jesus can do that. We need to get them to Jesus. Now, I've been asked several times, what are we going to do, preacher? What can we do as a church in light of, of what we saw in the movie Sound of Freedom. Raise your hand if you've seen that movie. Okay, if you've not seen that movie, and you go, I don't like movies, I don't do movies, I, let me encourage you. Yeah, I don't know if it's still in the theaters. I think it is. Go to that movie. 
go see that movie. Number one, you're, you're supporting that type of a movie. And then there's more, that when they see that, it's a message being sent to Hollywood right now because it's blown away uh, Indiana Jones. It's blown it away, praise God. And so the message, and it's opening people's eyes in America to what is going on in this area of child trafficking. And, and so what are we, we going to do about that, preacher? You know what, I don't know the answer to that. But I'll tell you this, I'm looking into several things right now, maybe having some people come that can... can Give us some insight. Uh, there's some ministries out there. So we're going to look into that. We're going to find out what we can do to help in this area. What is it that we can do? We may not be able to help them right now. But we've got a huge and growing flock of little lambs that need all of us right here, right now. We go, I, I, we want to do something out there. Great, we'll try to do that. We want to make a difference out there. But we need to help right here, right now. I can always count on Gail. Y'all come on in. Just line up on the front. I want to have all the children. If you're, uh, Dave, not you, little children, little children. Dave was like a big kid this week. I loved it. He was having so much fun with those kids in VBS. Little kids, come on. Bubba, come on up here. Come on up. Come on up. I want all our children to come up front. Not run hide in the bathroom. Come on. Come on. I want y'all down here. All right, don't be fighting over here. I, I'm trying to give a good example here, not. All right, I, want you, I wanted y'all to see them. I'm going to you to put eyes on them this morning. We're talking about these kids. This, this, is what, this is why we did what we did this week with VBS. This right here. This is, this is, this is what we do every week. It's what we do every week. What an opportunity we have before us every week single week. I, I thank God that we had 70, I don't, Kristen, 70, 77, 77, I think it was 77 kids, but I think it was 77 workers too, wasn't it? 77, 78, we had like that many workers, that many servants that stepped up to help with VBS. Let's not trivialize, let's not minimalize Let's not waste the opportunity we have with these children. Amen? As you look at these kids, I want to I do this. Pastor Aaron, you and Jim can come on up. You can get ready. We'll, we'll have an invitation in a moment. But I want to I sing a couple of kids' songs. You guys like, um, y'all know the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children? Y'all want to sing a little bit, kids? Y'all want to sing? Kids always like to sing. Y'all ready to sing with us? All right, let's sing that one. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me.
I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Let's do it again. Yeah. Who said that? That was the little ones. I love it. Let's do it again. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Bible! All right, this is a favorite. We'll do this one, and, and, we'll, and we'll wrap this up. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. I want y'all to stay right here for just a moment, okay? This right here, folks, this is the largest ministry we have here at First Baptist Geneva. Now, our teen ministry, we got several involved there. We got a lot of teens in there. But, but children's ministry, our children's ministry is the largest area, ministry area, we have in our church. It may not minister to more people, but it's bigger in the need. Our Sunday small groups, it doesn't take as many people to teach a class to teach to a lot of people. But it takes a lot of people ministering to these children. Takes a lot of people. It's just, so it's therefore by by the, the number of need for the ministry, it's the largest ministry in our church. This is our greatest, listen, this is our greatest evangelistic outreach right here. Do you understand this? You go, I, you know, we need to do evangelism. Well, we do it every, every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. We do it every Sunday morning at 10.15. We do it every Wednesday night at 6.30 when our service starts. Every week, we're doing three times a week, we're doing evangelism and discipleship with these children. This is your opportunity to do something significant. This is your opportunity to do something significant. We need you. We need you. We need you to step up and serve in ministry. And if not, we're going to turn these kids loose on you on Sunday morning at 1015. A little, little blackmail there. So I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you guys, and y'all can stay in here. You're fine to stay in here with our invitation. And parents, you can grab them and then go back and get their stuff. I've totally messed up all our, our, our servants in here. But uh, I wanted you to lay eyes on them this morning as we talk about kids. I want you to see what, who, we're, who we're ministering to. And so what I'm asking you is if you're a member of our church, I'm asking you to step up and say, I, I don't know what I can do, but I want to help. You know, if you've gone through our membership class since we started doing that, the challenge was if I joined the church... I'll faithfully give, I'll faithfully attend, and I'll faithfully serve. Are you honoring that? Because we, need, we still need help. We need help every area of ministry. So what I'm asking you to do this morning is just go, 
preacher, I'm willing to help. Write your name down on a piece of paper. If you don't do anything else, because it's going to get crazy here in a minute, write your name on a piece of paper and say, I want to help, and just give it to me. And we'll follow up with you, and we'll find a place for you to serve. If you're not a member yet, we've got the membership class starting next week. Let's get you through that, okay? Isn't this awesome? And imagine we had 77 of them in here th- this week. It was nuts. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. All right, you guys can, you can grab a seat. Y'all can grab a seat. Or you can go back, whichever y'all want to do. Y'all make your decision. Y'all want to go back to the nursery or whatever, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. We need you. We need you. So this morning, as we, as we have our time of invitation, we're going to respond here in just a moment. Pastor Aaron's going to lead us. Um, I'm going to ask you, you can stand, you can pray, you can, you can stand and sing with us, you can sit there and pray, whatever you want to do. But, I, but, but my challenge to you, believer, this morning is where can I get involved? Where can I get involved? We need, we need your help. We need, we need your help. And I'm not ashamed as your pastor to stand here and say, we need your help. We need you to step up and help with these kids. This is the greatest ministry opportunity we have. We need you. That's not my makeup. I don't care. I promise you the little bitty ones ain't mine. And I, and I babysat back here. I, ba- I call it babysitting because that's all I could do is just trying to keep it like herding cats. But we learned about during the ladies' Bible Ben was here helping during the ladies' Bible study, the last one we did, and we provided child care back here. The men were providing child care. That's not my thing. But you know what? There was a need. That's right. So we step up and we do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you don't know to say the Lord is your Savior this morning, it goes back to what, what Jesus was talking about. you got to come. you got to be converted by faith. Repentance. Of your sin and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You gotta be converted. You gotta come to Jesus. And you do that through trust, like a child. The trust that a child has. It's simple. It's simple. But you have to come to Jesus. That's the only way to heaven. It's the only way to eternal life is a recognition of your sin and your lostness and calling on Him. So this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I, I, I plead with you. Do not leave here this morning without taking care of that. I plead with you. When we, when we start singing here in a moment, if you, if you need to, you say, I need to get to Jesus, step out here, come down, I'll be glad to talk to you. I'll introduce you to Jesus this morning. Father God, bless this morning. Bless and move in this invitation now. Lord, uh, I, I pray that I have been obedient to what you wanted done. Now may we all be obedient to what you want to do with us. May we step forward in humble obedience. God, to be used by you to to minister to the the, the greatest opportunity we have each week, these children. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace.